Hi, this is Cam Smith, and this is the podcast of Triple R's Eat It, a weekly radio show about food and drink broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia every Sunday. Hope you enjoy the podcast and feel free to get in touch with us via the Triple R website. Hey, guys, why don't we eat? Dear dog, cause of course, I'll have your spam. I love it. I'm having spam, spam, spam. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the uh, afternoon here on 3RRFM. Here we are on this... Um, oh, I'm actually saying all time and all day, just to nail my colours to the mast. My name is Cam Smith. Across me I have... Oh, g'day, everyone. Matt Stebbin here. Hey, how g- are you, Cam? Are you good? G'day, bro. I, um, I mentioned this to you in the kitchen earlier, but I heard Bigsy describe it well on Friday. Yes. And he said... Because of the weird weather we've been having in Melbourne, mm. it's like Melbourne's getting Brisbane's weather and Brisbane's getting Jakarta's weather. <sighs> Sucks to be Brisbane, then. Really does. Uh, it was hard enough being uh, being down here in Melbourne with uh, the the interesting humidity <laughs> that we have, and obviously we see that because wow, look at us get right into it. The seas are warmer, the oceans are hotter yes. outside, and this is what is fueling. Um, the terrible things that we're seeing up in uh, central New South Wales and Queensland, and with more rain on the way. Yeah, it's horrible up there. It's like, yeah, it's really, I don't know, I don't have any words, it's really bad. So if uh, you are up there, if some of your relatives are up there, I hope everyone is well and okay. Um, but yeah. it's, they got a, a hard few months ahead of them, I think, in towns like Lismore, where the destruction is pretty total. So and and uh, there's been more than one body recovered. So yeah, hey, t- sorry. And here's Tom with the weather. We didn't mean to bring you down no. like that. Um, welcome to the hour, ladies and gentlemen. But uh, we are moving into what I think is 
the golden, beautiful time that Melbourne is in March and April. Autumn. Our mm. favourite season. Oh, it's my favourite season. Can't yeah. speak for you. Yeah, speak for me. Yeah, I'll put yeah, the yeah. hand up. Yeah. Where, where do I sign? <laughs> I'll sign up for it. Uh, you know, cooler nights, redshift in the uh, in the light, mm-hmm. beautiful sunsets, and uh, a whole bunch of festivals that are on too. Melbourne yes. Food and Wine Festival. We're going to be talking about a chili festival, which is uh, happening up at Wandon. Comedy festivals coming up too. It's, it's always going to be one of my lasting memories of 2020 and the pandemic where we had here in Triple R, we had the whole wall outside the studio covered in comedy festival posters for shows that never actually oh. went 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 ahead because there were no other shows to replace them. Yes. The posters stayed up for, for months and months. It the was, Hall of Ghosts. really was. Yes, it was indeed. Uh, on today's show, we, mm. as we as mentioned before, we're going to be uh, uh, talking to Clive Larkin, who's... Uh, Ooh, he's one of the stalwarts of the, the nursery industry, uh, the head of um, Renaissance Herbs, who mm-hmm. supply most of the nurseries. Grows a lot of chilli too. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, this crazy chilli that um, they showed me uh, when I went up there, mm-hmm. it's like it's a chilli for goths. If you're a goth <laughs> and you really want a chilli, right, it's black. Oh, cool. The leaves are black. Yeah, right. The chillies themselves are sort of round. Quite heated, but they're black as well. Yeah. Um, I might post a picture on Instagram later on this afternoon. So, uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah, Chili Festival is on. Reunited, and it feels so good, Mm. Um, especially with uh, a whole bunch of Scotch whiskey between us. Had a chat to David Natale, who's back from Seattle. He's been in Seattle for the last... 800 and what would it be? 805 days now, I guess. Mm. Uh, Starwood whiskey. Starwood whiskey. Starwood whiskey. Well, nuts. I mean, we talked, I talked to him when he first started, which yep. was probably about 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, drove out to Essendon Airport, of all places, to meet a, someone who makes whiskey yep. and professed to be able to make it in three years. Unheard of. Nuts. But it's going really well. So it's uh, in where is it now? Port Melbourne. Uh, it is in Port Melbourne. Mm. I think Bertie, Bertie, Bertie Place. If you yeah, look it up. Um, uh, great facilities there. Great tasting at flights of it. And there's a new Starwood whiskey that's joining mm-hmm. the family. So we have a bit of a chat to him, and then we're going to have a chat to our wine correspondent. He's out in the field with secateurs in hand, and yes. he's helping vintage. Which is looking pretty difficult. You were saying it's not, Ooh, it's great not ideal for the grapes. This weather is uh-uh. pretty poor. Yeah, yeah. Well, all this humidity. I mean, you know, you can't, you don't grow great grapes in Brisbane. No, not that I. So you when pick, I last the, pick up the Brisbane weather and hover it over the Mornington Peninsula, and it's yeah. no good for the Chardonnay. Well, it means that um, the the wine growers are going into the back shed and pulling out the fungicides or considering yeah. using those because with this uh, humidity. And rainfall comes rot. So anyway, Duncan will fill us in as to what's going on. But you had some thoughts about the numbers of people in the city. And you were saying there's three... This was interesting. You said you categorised the the population in three distinct phases per week. Three different Melbournes. I think I heard this on Triple R somewhere. Anyway, uh, so three Melbournes. Breakfasters? There's could be. Yeah. There's Monday to Friday business hours Melbourne. Mm. There's Monday to Friday after hours Melbourne. Yes. And then there's weekend Melbourne. Weekend Melbourne doing really well. So mm. I drove through the city today to get here. 
stupid busy, you know, back to, to car or, or traffic light sequences taking two or three times to yes. get through each. So it's busy. The hubbub is back, which is good. And apparently after hours, Melbourne is really picking up, which is great. Uh, business hours, Melbourne, still not doing so well. Yes, with that, um, it's a bell curve. If we look at mm. uh, the working week, there's um, it starts off very, very low and then peaks, you know, midweek yep. because of um, people still working from home. And uh, I was reading actually a uh, an article that um, two years of growth have been knocked out of Melbourne. It's, it's yes, yeah, yeah, you would have as, read as, that as too. As working habits change, we think well, I mean, some people think permanently. So. Mm. Uh, you know, if you are a barista in a city cafe, there's just not the foot traffic. Probably never will or be the imagine, foot traffic. Or imagine being a barista in Docklands. Yeah. Because that would be exacerbated because you don't have the tourist. No. Uh, foot, look, look, Docklands, I'm sorry, it's not a destination. Great library. <laughs> yes. Seriously. <laughs> sorry, Docklands. The one community building. <laughs> That's worth a visit. <laughs> But there's not much else to really go. Yeah, you know what we should do? We should go to Docklands and have a... Have a picnic in the park. Are they going to take down that stupid wheel or is it just going to sit there? I don't know. I think they will eventually. Oh, I hope they do. I've, always, I've never liked that thing. Anyway. Well, uh, what, a, what a great position. It's all, it was like uh, position, position, nine position. Uh, I have a, a... Oh, I was just going to say, speaking of uh, Melbourne, uh, you would have perhaps have seen in the news that the Melbourne City Council has relaunched Melbourne Money, um, which will yes. fund some of your dining bill. So if you get out to the city on Monday through Thursday from next week, keep your receipt. Um, and I think I think the, the council chips in 20%, which is great. Maybe they should just do it for Monday and Friday. Monday to Thursday it is. So, yeah, it yeah, excludes no, Friday, no, Saturday, Sunday. No, but my thought was, my thought bubble... Yes. <laughs> <laughs> thought bubble, maybe it should just be Monday and Friday. What, those two days, just to get people back in? Yeah. yeah. Well, that's what you're trying to do, create demand where there is no demand. Yeah. Anyway, we, we'll... We'll workshop that. I'll, <laughs> I'll phone Sally after the show because I've got her on my speed dial. Um, yes, but uh, anecdotally, yes, I noticed that also because mm. I've been doing uh, the tours Future Food Systems with uh, for Yoast's yep. Greenhouse down there, which has been awesome. Bookings at Eventbrite, Cam Smith, Future Food Systems. <laughs> Maybe put that in. Uh, but yes, I noticed that there's yeah a lot more people in mm. the city. Uh, good news. I love good news. It's National Absinthe Day. Hey, hey, how you doing? I don't know if they drink a lot of absinthe in the in the Bronx, but <laughs> <laughs> hey, what you doing? Hey, hey, give, the, give the boy an absinthe. <laughs> um, <laughs> hey, you keeping it down okay, aren't you? Um, uh, yes, so that's, uh, that's good news. And um, uh, one of my favourite quotes from Oscar Wilde, I've just found this, it just came out. Um, I haven't looked at this site for a while, but this is a beauty. Only dull people are brilliant at breakfast. <laughs> I think that's a trifle unfair. Oh, why? I, th- I think breakfast is one of the great meals of the day. It's probably my favourite. And if, if you have yeah. a, if you have a real, there's plenty of people around the Melbourne food scene doing excellent breakfast, and I would not accuse them of being dull. I think what that alludes to is how good a night you had the night before you've had the breakfast. <laughs> yes, right. Yes, that's sort of the thing, you know. Anyway, we'll say that. But you were, um, you were saying 
uh-huh. uh, that uh, you have all the ingredients bar one for my favourite cocktail. Well, it came oh, in your cabinet. Being national is it international or national? Ab- international absolutely. No, this is, this is national. This is global. So this is probably America. Global baby. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've, over summer, I tried to uh, get everything together to make a sazerac, and I misread mm. the ingredient list because I'm an idiot. Sazerac and- being just to give a bit of background, uh, one of the great cocktails from the old South, New Orleans yes. in particular because of uh, uh, the bitters that goes into it. And you said you bought that. I've got, I think it's, po- po- I don't know how to pronounce it, Pochard bitters. And I've got the... Can I help you with that? Please. Pechot. Pechot bitters. Yeah, Pechot bitters. And uh, I've got the rye, yeah. but I didn't get any absinthe. And I couldn't, what I thought, Cam, I couldn't, I didn't think I could find any good absinthe. I went to a couple of out, uh, liquor outlets and said, do you have any good absinthe? Yeah. They said, No. You, but you're saying that the, this the bright green stuff from your favourite bulk liquor outlet. Cam the heretic Smith <laughs> just came out and said, don't worry about it, mate. You could just use a pastis because mm. it's anisette mm. is what you really want there. Mm. And because um, you're doing, you're just doing a glass wash. Yeah, it's not a with key. It. Yeah, exactly. Um, although it is a great thing to have a bottle of absinthe in the back of the... So the bright green stuff... Back of the cupboard, gets, you know, when news gets really, really bad, you can reach for it. You know? I think it would have been reached for quite a lot in the last, uh-huh. the last two weeks. Yeah, uh, land so, war in Europe, uh, absence. <laughs> so the bright green stuff from... Uh, that gets the Cam Smith seal of approval. I'm the okay green to, fairy, yeah, yeah. That's, that, yeah, that's fine. Or I would even say maybe even... Oh, here we go. Just I'm going to say it. And there's going to be a whole bunch of bartenders. I'm saying it again. Uh. I'm saying bartenders are shuddering. <laughs> maybe maybe use a wash of pasties, mm. you know, like right, Ricard I'll, or Pernod. I've got some Pernod at home. Yeah. All right, I'll try it. Well, yeah, okay. Sorry. Um, uh, yeah, well, those who want to complain. <laughs> no, we just invented a new drink. It's the Cam Smith Sazerac. It's, I'm going to love it. I'm going to oh, try yeah. it this afternoon. I'll report back. Not another one. That was actually David Vitale pretended to invent a drink for me. <laughs> the Cam's Kick. I think he was just trying to be nice to me. Yeah, yeah, I named it after you. <laughs> I really he did. And I and I thought he actually did. And I told some bartenders of I got named this drink got named after me and I said, Yeah, no, it's got Starwood whiskey in it and they go No, no, the recipe says calls for Shivers Regal, I think to And then they then they showed me the and I went Oh <laughs> it's not my drink. It's been around for 70 years. All right. Well, I'm going to make my Sazerac with the Puno wash, and I'm going to see how it tastes. Yes. Well, that sounds... Uh, we look forward. It's a wonderful to it. homework need, to have. I think we need a drink after uh, the weeks that we've had. And and who knows? We might even be able to have guests in the studio in the not-too-distant future. And In lieu of that, though, Cam, this week you've actually gone out and recorded some mm-hmm. interviews, and we probably should move on to our first one after some sponsorship announcements. I think that's a really, really great idea. Triple R is the station you're listening to. That second hand is sweeping towards 12.15. Ah, it's arrived. Triple hmm. R on FM, digital, online, via the app. All right, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, I'm in Lilydale having a chat to Clive Larkman. And uh, this is one of those things where the, the spider senses seem to come true because uh, I heard about this uh, Herb and Chili Festival. And in fact, I think I saw signs outside uh, Warrantite. There's one that's just uh, been put there, and that's been very much in my mind. But it's good to talk to, uh, what do we call you, the Grand Chili, the, the, the Big Red. The person that does all the work organising it, or one of the people that does all the work. Yes. It's a family event. Um, 
it's a family event for families. Mm. And my wife and I started this 11 years ago to this year, but it's our 10th anniversary because we had to miss one. Yes. And we wanted to run a herb festival because we've got a great property at Wanda, which you've now seen. It just lends itself to it. But we knew if we did a herb festival, we'd get two, 300 people. Yes. Add chilies to it. And you get two or three thousand people. <laughs> Add chilies to the mix and it goes off. Yes, I've certainly had a look at the property and we might describe um, what's at the chili festival and how it looks and when it's on and all that sort of stuff. But how'd you get involved with chilies and growing stuff too, I suppose? It's a, it's a one two situation. Herbs came first? Uh, before that, you're at our Lulida property, which mm. is our we're a propagation nursery. And my father started that, and I was in England in 89, we had a heart attack. Yes. I came home and inherited a nursery, and learned how to run a nursery. Then in 2007... Bloody hell, that's a baptism of fire, huh? Yes, and it was also when, I don't know, you're about the same age as me, when computers suddenly came in. <laughs> so at the same age as I was learning a nursery, I was also learning how to use a computer for the first time. Wow. So That's the ultimate yin and yang, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it was a challenge. Yeah, yeah. But, but you just do it. And then in 2007, we bought a business called Renaissance Herbs. Yes. And we supply we supplies all the herbs through the gardens in Victoria. And from that, we started growing herbs. And then the chilies just evolved. It's, but it's just one of the things we do. Tomatoes, we do chilies, we do mints, we do exotic herbs. It's We do over 2,000 different herbs and perennials in that range. Because I've got to say, Clive, you, you, your timing would have been pretty spot on for that because... Uh, I remember when you would have been working out how to do computers, there was maybe one or two different types of, of chilies, but we see so many of them now, don't we? There is, and it's a funny plant. Um, mm. I write articles for a trade journal every article every month on herbs. I've been doing that for almost 10 years now. Yeah. And I research them, and the interesting thing is there's something called the Columbian Exchange in around the 16th century. A most famous thing that I've been uh, fascinated with and have talked about for many years, yes. Well, you're one of the first people I've ever met that actually knows what it is. Really? Yeah, um, out in, in general public, because it changed the face of the world and the food. Mm. And that was when chilies and tobacco and potatoes and tomatoes moved from South America to Europe and Asia, mm. and the European and Asian food moved to the New World, yes. which is older than the Old World, but that's, we won't go down that path. Yeah. Um, and, it changed and, and we gave them smallpox and syphilis too. Yeah, and I think they probably gave us a few things. Yes, <laughs> it's, all, it's all quid pro quo. Yes, but you go to someone who's grown up in Hungary and they'll tell you black and blue that paprika is a native plant of Hungary. Mm. And you go to Indians and they'll swear black and blue that chili is a native part of Indian diet. Thailand. They're all the same, but they all came out of that Colombian exchange mm. and they moved out. And there's some amazing different chilies that we've been collecting as well over the time. Yeah, right. And so it's one of the things that actually surprised me because I, I, I met your son Marty and he yeah. took me around the place and and showed me your um, very impressive growing outlook that you have there. But for some reason, I thought the chilies were an annual. No. Um, the Clive just gave me this look. <laughs> There's an annual. The, the, the Sinensis varieties are treated as an annual. Yes. But they're not necessarily. And there are quite a few varieties. There is one from Bolivia called um, Manzano or Ricotto which comes from the high country in Bolivia, around 3,000 metres, so it's cold tolerant, yeah. lives for five to ten years, grows to about two to three metres, and is perfectly adapted for the Victorian climate. Yeah, right. And it's an unusual one in that it has a chilli shape like a capsicum, and the only difference between capsicum and chilies is capsicum don't have any cayenne in them, capsaicin in them. Uh, capsaicin, yeah. yes. 
It's the only difference. But this one looks like a cap capsicum, but it's soft and moist inside and has black seeds. Yeah, and what's the sort of the Scoville action on that? It's How hot? about the seven, eight hundred thousand. It's in the hot, hot range, but not, the, but not the super hot. Okay, not, not weaponized. No. Yeah. But it's a it's a great chili, and you can grow all over Victoria, and it'll keep harvesting for years and years and years. There's people screaming at the radio now, so they're racing to look for a pen and paper. What's the name of that species again, or genus? The species, I think, is pubescent. The genus is capsicum. Yes. The cultivar is ricotto or manzano is a common name you'll find on them. Yes. But if you come to the Chile Festival, we'll have thousands of for sale. Yeah, nice. And I know I'm not supposed to promote business, but or you can go to your local garden centre, like where you live, Ceres, mm. and they'll get them in from us. We supply all the garden centres in Melbourne with um, their plants. Gotcha. Um, can you just um, uh, get, to, get cut to the chase here and... Capsis, capsaicin, which is the... Uh, uh, am I saying that right? Capsaicin, it's the active ingredient. That's the active ingredient. Is that active in... Is it in the placenta of the plant or is it in the seeds of the plant? Oh, that's one of my favourite old wives' tales. Nice. There we um, go. It doesn't exist in the seed. There's no capsaicin no. in the seed at all. It is the placenta. It is. And that's why people think it's in the seed, because when you take that out, you tend to take the seed out as well. Yes. So the assumption is 2 plus 2 equals 5. Yeah. Um, most most of the, the chilli heat is in those ribs inside the chilli uh-huh. and at the top end closest to the, the stem. Mm. So someone might say, you have a little bite of this, they'll bite the end of the chilli, and you go, oh, it's not very hot, so you take a bigger bite and you're well into where the heat is. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's up the top end there. And the, the capsaicin is a response to humidity and fungal disease in the plant. That, okay. That's what it's there for. Um, yeah. And only mammals can, can res- um, respond to the, the capsaicin. It's, yeah. it's not a flavour, it's not a taste. It's, it's an actual... perception. It, no, no, it's a chemical... Oh, it's a chemical, yeah. ...that actually attached to specific receptors in the mammalian skin. Yes. And that gives, makes your brain think it's burning. Yeah. Like, if you put really strong capsaicin on your skin, you'll get a blister. Mm. This blister's not from the capsaicin, but it's from your brain thinking you're being burnt, so I've got to put some do some burn treatment because I'm being burnt. Yeah. Yeah, right. So it's unusual. But the unusual one is that sugar... Mm. Actually, knocks the capsaicin out and and makes it not 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 function, and that's what the Scoville rating is. That was done by Professor Scoville in the twenties. Yes. And what he did was he measured Wilbur, the, wasn't it? I think that's it. Yes. The, the ca- sugar content it mm. takes to neutralise the capsaicin. Yeah, right. And he did that with a series of volunteers that sat there eating hot chilli sauce, and he mixed it with sugar until they couldn't heat, taste the heat anymore. That's right. So, yeah. they, so they could not perceive it. Yeah. Wow. But then, but then chilli actually has a pepper flavour. Mm. And when you ha- eat chilli, you have the burn, the pepper, and then the flavour. And if you have chilli chocolate or chilli beer or chilli wine or chilli lollies, any cho- chilli with sugar in it, mm. you don't get the burn, you get the pepper. And that's why chilli chocolate's really hot on the back of the throat but not the front of the mouth. And that's why wine with a little bit of residual sugar works so well with hot dishes. That's right. And that's also why chilli wine is so nice. Tell us a bit about the festival. Yes, well, it's been going. This will be our tenth year. Yeah. Um, we've we've dropped it. You had the, did you have a, a year off? We had one year off, yeah. and I won't. It wasn't because we weren't allowed to run, because mm. we applied for the permit and they forgot to tell us we could run. And it was two weeks after we cancelled that they said, "Well, you can run, but we just forgot to tell you." Well, that's a ten out of ten on the whoop scale, isn't it? It is. They didn't really have a lot of festivals to analyse back in the middle this time last year. But anyway, that's life. Uh, and um, 
we lost a few stallholders over that period because they went broke because they made their money doing shows and festivals and they had nothing for two years. Mm. There's a few that just said, oh, I'm retiring and backed out and retired. And so we're down a little bit on numbers of stores, down from 90 to 80. Wow. So it's not a lot, lot. Yeah. Um, yeah, and we, we have something called the Hot Sauce Alley, and that's an area where we have all the super hot sauce companies get in. Yeah, and it looks like a really nice area. If you get a nice sunny day, it'll be a beautiful area to uh, to wander around in because uh, you'll have very happy stallholders because you've got that beautiful um, uh, tree break behind there, so it's shady. That's very the nice. On the north side of the driveway. Yeah. The stalls on the south side. I'd hate it because the sun beats down on their stall. So yeah, that sucks to be them. But on a cold day, it's the other way around. So yeah, okay. it swings around. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the one. So we've, you've got the. Um, it, it's on two days. Yeah. Um, you have um, the hot, uh, hot chilly alley. Um, there's going to be bands. There's going to be happening. Yeah, we have four stages running over the over the two days. Yes, we have a, one stage in the what we call the beer garden. Yes, and that's just a single guy called Tom Campbell Dixon. I think his name is, and he just does covers. Tom Campbell Dixon. Yeah, there's covers of just standard music. Yeah, and then we come a bit further. We've got our our stupid stage. That's where everybody gets up and eats super hot chilies or has a race to eat the quickest chick- hot chicken wings. Okay. There's even one called Shot and Holler where you have to snock back a shot of tequila with chilli in it, then yes. you've got to yell. Right. Well, of course, chilli and tequila makes you, all the air go out of your lungs so you can't actually yell. Oh. And so it's a great laugh. Okay. And then we have Captain Chilli where it's three heats, last three standing each heat. Yes. And the final is the last person standing. It's like having the, the final dab. It is, and it, <laughs> that, that goes about for about an hour as the last two or three just keep going and going until one just can't take any more. We have an ambulance parked there just in case. Yes. No, it's all Defibrillator ready to go? It is usually, that's the one. Yes. And also on that stage we have the Mexican wrestlers, the uh, Locha Libra. <laughs> they spend an hour, hour entertaining the kids on that stage. Okay. So, sounds like a great day. It is, and we have another stage of cooking classes all day, and yes. Danny Van, the Master Chef finalist. Um, she comes out and manages that and teaches you how to use chilies and herbs. Yes. And we have a, our, our music stage where we've got a band called Psycho Zydeco. Yes. And if you don't know Zydeco music, you've got to, you can't not tap your feet to Zydeco music. Yeah, that's right. And uh, one of the, one of the greatest use of washboards ever made. It is a washboard ties and washboard shorts, shirts mm. and um we we found them by accident. Yep. They've been going 30 years. They disbanded and they re- reformed to come and play 2 years ago at our place and again this year. And it's just, they come out of Sydney, just amazing cross between Louisiana, Cajun and Creole music. It sounds really good. Um, uh, just to let you know, folks, I, I've, um, I've come along, I've kicked the tyres of this one because I've gone up to the property and uh, met Clive's son, Marty, who, uh, remember Gin Palace, we talked about that? He used to work with Vernon, which is, uh, uh, you know, small world type thing. But it seems like it's going to be a really, really great event. It is on the 16th, 17th of March. 2019 to look it up. Uh, well, how do you who are you booking through? Try booking. Yeah, best booking a ticketing agency in the marketplace. I think they charge thirty cents a ticket. Oh, okay, God bless them. Not seven or eight or nine or ten dollars like the other people do. Okay, and um, just go to herbchilifestival.com.au and they'll put you a direct link to the booking thing. If you book online, you get a free chili festival hat. Hey, there you go. Motivated. How motivated are you people out there? Look, it sounds like a, a, a great idea. It's going to be uh, middle of March. Beautiful month. 
in uh, in Victoria. Clive, I've got to say, it's a pleasure to meet you. I love what you're doing, and uh, I wish you a beautiful, uh, mild, sunny day for for this one, and uh, that it comes back roaring back to life. Lovely to meet you, man. Thanks, and just one other plug: all the under fourteens are free, and all the entertainment for under fourteens is free. Brilliant. So it's a really family day. Bring your family, just sit, mm. enjoy the Yarra Valley, look at the views, eat some great food, listen to some great music. Can't be much better than the Mel- autumn in Melbourne and the Yarra Valley. Yeah. Agreed. Thanks again, Clive. Lovely to meet you. Great. Thanks, mate. Woo! <sighs> That's right. Triple R. David Vitale, it's been a long time between drinks, is it not? It sure has. Um... I'm going to say, well, at least 801 days, because yes. that's how, how long I've been gone. But perhaps, I think maybe 2017, 2018 was the last time we caught up. It, it has been a, a long time. And I'm, I remember years ago um, driving out to what I thought was just the most ridiculous place to interview someone who made whiskey, um, which was an airport it's like I'm going to an airport um, to talk to a man who's making whiskey and he was talking about putting whiskey in glass in three years and I thought, you were a little bit nuts actually but that was your vision in Genesis and maybe you might want to reflect a little bit on that just to uh, fill the listener in who might not know about David Vitale and his um, expression of brand called Starwood Yeah, so this started 15 years ago um, with a crazy idea that, you know, uh, we needed some Australian whiskey in our sharing cabinet. You know, it's well stocked with scotch and bourbon Mm. and Irish whiskeys, but why not Australian whiskeys? And at that point in time, you know, the Tasmanian whiskey industry was already well established, Mm. but um, very much... By by how many years would you estimate that? And we're talking about, you know, Lark and all those, those ones. Cove. Cove. Yeah, so they, they'd been, you know, selling whiskey um, certainly for five or six years at that point in time. Okay. Yep. And so, you know, proving that we could make great whiskey wasn't my job to do. That had already been done. What we wanted to do was get it out of the special occasion cabinet and put it into the sharing cabinet. Yes. And think of whiskey in a different way as being more approachable and more accessible and, as you sort of allude to, uh, not something if you were given a bottle of it to, say, a la castle, that's going straight to the pool room. Correct. Yeah, exactly. So it's something that, you know, we you're, you're happy to share with friends, yeah. that, that you could equally say, hey, um, I know you love whiskey, you've got to give this a try, mm. but also I know you don't like whiskey... You should give this a try because it's made differently. It's from a different place. Um, It's equally great in a drink as much as as it is neat, and that's exciting. I think today, you know, we know that people are kind of thinking about spirits a bit differently. Um, You know, and one of my favourite serves for twofold um, is with tonic. Which seems crazy. I mean, that's uh, that that is crazy. No, not crazy. It's a bit. I remember when I first saw it, it was like a glass of whiskey with a mixer and a piece of grapefruit. I thought it was just bloody avant-garde. Yeah, um, I guess, you know, it's a modern distillery, so kind of, you know, we, we don't want to necessarily play to the old cues of tweed jacket, pipe smoking, 
you know, in front of a fireplace. That's not us. You and know. cleaning the purdy shotguns. <laughs> Perhaps. Yeah. You know, um, we're from Melbourne, yeah. you know, which right. is kind of like a progressive city. You know, waves of migration have kind of influenced our food culture. And David Vitale, you're an Italian making whiskey, you know, hey. Exactly. So, you know, and, and obviously being of Italian descent, food's a big part of my life. Food-centric. Correct. So, you know, um, having a whiskey that I could share with my family at the dinner table, um, which sounds crazy, right? Yeah. But, but, you know, thinking about it differently, not just as a neat serve after dinner, but something that you can have with dinner, you know, in a long drink with tonic or, um, um, you know, paired with the food. Like my favourite sort of expression of Starwood's probably in a Manhattan which is a really classic cocktail, but um, using Nova, which is our single malt, takes a bit of a different um, take on it. It's a bit more approachable, a bit easier to drink, mm. a bit of fun. But, um, just just out of curiosity, and I want to start talking about uh, maturation and the wild thing of the notion of being able to get whiskey into glass in three years. Um, what sort of um, vermouth do you recommend that marries well with um, with the Starwood for that perfect Manhattan? So um, it's a local vermouth, of course. It's 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 Matt and I. Um, we actually oh, have a course. we have we have a whole range of uh, bottled cocktails also that we we've launched, and um, our uh, whiskey Negroni, better known as a Boulevardier, is with uh, Matt and I's. Matt and I. Yeah. So so that's the go-to. Sean and Gilles. We, uh, oui. oui. yes, okay. So um, there you go. Well, this is very good because we are um, we're in I think Drink Victoria Week too, so that's that's ticking boxes. But did you know? Did you hope? Did you have what was it in your gut, or was this thing about Melbourne climate and its fab- fabulous variability would be such an ally to maturing the whiskey? I had a hunch. Yeah, it's probably the best. I, you know, there are so many. Good hunch. It's a good hunch. It yeah. turned out to be okay. But at the time, you know, um, the tradition, particularly from a single malt Scotch perspective, was that, you know, eight, ten, twelve years is how. Yeah, long. It's in years. You clean a lot of shotguns. Correct. Yeah. And, um, you know, from my perspective, whiskey's of the place it's made, right? And, you know, obviously that's ingredients. Um, but importantly, with, with um, ageing whisky, it's the climate that you age it in. Yes. So in three Melbourne years, we can come up with um, these amazing expressions that have kind of taken the world by storm um, in, in, you know, international awards with best-in-class double gold at San Francisco and, you know, best-in-class in London with twofold. And so, you know, these are... We've kind of proven that age is just that. It's just a statement of age. It's not really about quality. And we should probably um, take the listener along for for the ride too to um, just describe what happens to a barrel when you get four seasons in one day. Yeah, well, um, you know, we're all familiar with the big desert to the centre of Australia called the Outback. Um, the dead heart, some say. Correct. Yes. But we've also got another desert to our south called Antarctica. Oh, okay, yes. And so, depending on whether the wind's coming from the north or the southwest, um, we'll have huge um, 
you know, huge extremes. Mm. And so those extremes influence, um, obviously, our weather yes. and also the barrel. The interesting thing about ageing is typically you'll find um, rums that are aged in the Caribbean, um, hot climate, but very humid. And so um, they will evaporate more alcohol yes. than water. Yes. Um, interestingly, in, in Scotland, the, the same is true. They'll evaporate more alcohol than water. So over time, over years and years and years, the alcohol goes down in strength. In, in um, drier climates, the alcohol will go up. Yep. So in Melbourne, we've got an equal kind of dry and humid kind of climate. Depending on what time of the day it is, yeah. Depending on the time of the day. Yeah. So basically, our, we'll evaporate a lot of alcohol. Yes. Sorry, we'll evaporate a lot of liquid from the barrel, but the alcohol will stay the same uh, strength, which, and, which and, is quite unique. And, and also by um, the, the cooling and the heating, the, the wood is opening and closing and you get a more a, a transfer of, of those flavours. And th there was an interesting thing that the people of Madeira found. You know, it, what's that um, technique? Um, it was a happenstance. Estefugin, where the, 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 the Madeira goes past the equator and it sort of cooks the barrel, and it makes the wine delicious. Mm. That's a fortified wine. Right, so we're kind of getting that sort of um, variation in temperature without having to travel across the equator, right? Yeah, like a lot, lot cheaper. Day, yeah. right? <laughs> a little yeah. cheaper. And, you know, the distillery in Port Melbourne's just basically a big tin shed, mm. you know, um, and people can come down and sort of check out the distillery and have a drink at the bar or do a tour of, tour of uh, the whole production process and sort of feel, smell, obviously, uh, what's going on in terms of ageing, but also get a... Smell the angel share, yes. Yeah, but, but also get a feel for that temperature uh, variation as they go upstairs and downstairs, just to sort of like, um, you know, changing heights will give you that sort of impact as well. Yeah. So, you know, um, maturation is such a big part of uh, whiskey. You know, everything. Well, no, it's not everything. Sorry. Yes, it is. And, you know, um, the other magic to Starwood beyond these three Melbourne years is that we're sourcing these barrels a day's drive away from the distillery from amazing wine-growing regions, not the least of which the Yarra Valley, which is, like, you know, up the road. This is where I came from, almost. And, and then you have that notion of, as you said, uh, wine out, spirit in. Mm. So wet barrels. Yeah, so because we're so close to winemaking regions, we can work with the winemakers to coordinate when they're emptying barrels with when we're filling barrels. When the truck pulls up. Yeah, so... Give us all your barrels. Yeah, so basically, even from the Barossa, um, we can have wines emptied in the afternoon, overnighted to the distillery, and then filled with whiskey the next day. And so that makes for a different kind of approach to ageing whiskey as well. So it's not only the climate... We're using wine barrels, but wet-filled wine barrels, which is pretty special. Do you remember that moment where you broached a barrel after three years? Well, I suppose you've been looking at it continuously. But when you realised that you had a proof of concept? Yeah. That's I was pretty cool. It's pretty... It is amazing to kind of go through that process. And interestingly, with wine barrels, at about the 12-month mark, they're strawberries and cream. So, you know, think Wimbledon with scones. You know, like, you know, this kind of wheat, wheat cereal character, strawberries and, and cream. 
Um, they go through their troublesome teens in yes. months, and then at the other end, you know, at about the you know the thirty month mark, they're they're amazing they and emerge. yeah, they emerge and, and you know within you know that three two and a half to three and a half year time frame is is when they're just in their sweet spot. Yeah, and um, you you mentioned something at the beginning of the interview that um, you eight hundred and one days away, um, and you now. Um, travelling the boards of this distillery. Where did you go and why? So, um, I actually live in Seattle now. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, it is the coffee capital of the United States, but not necessarily... doesn't really hold a candle to Melbourne coffee. Mm. Um, but it's a beautiful place to come home to. Um, I, as I travelled the United States building the brand... Um, over there, we we started exporting to the US in March of 2019. Congratulations on that! And um, you know, it's a very small um, subset, but we're the biggest Australian whiskey in the United States. Double congratulations! I think we're the only whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, it's 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 been great to kind of really uh, start at bottle zero again. You know, from a sales perspective, and and um, get out into the market and talk to people about what makes Starwood so special. Um, it's certainly been tough over the last couple of years with with the pandemic, and you know, I've missed missed home. But rest assured that all the things that we love about Melbourne, um, you know, I've been kind of championing through the whiskey um, in the United States. Yeah, and uh, you are going to be heading back soon. Um, now, the, one of the reasons that uh, you came here, that's just the sound of uh, a beautiful flight of whiskey that we've been um, enjoying, but you have a new child has, uh, has been born from the wood and the grain, and, um, and that's Starwood Tawny, number two. Number two. So number one was released um, midway through the pandemic, Yes. And we had such a wonderful response to that. And um, so, you know, we're known for ageing whiskey in wine barrels. Obviously, Tawny, which is a version of port, I guess, yep. um, is a fortified wine. And um, we were really excited to kind of source more of those barrels, um, Australian bar- barrels. And uh, Where did you get the barrels from, just out of curiosity? Can you tell me? I'd have to kill you. Well, okay. I saw the look and I went, okay. <laughs> um, this has been going so well, I want to get out of here. No, yep. the, the challenge is today that, like, I mean, obviously yes. there's amazing whiskey distillers all over the country and we're all clamouring for the same barrels. Yeah, so. You said you even have a job description for one person wow. who is the barrel hunter. We have the barrel hunter. On barrel team. hunter. Yeah. <laughs> What's on the card? Yeah. <laughs> so, so... Um, totally number two. Yeah, number yeah. two. So it's a little different to number one. It's kind of a mixture of um, wet-filled tawny barrels, as we discussed, port out, um, whiskey in, and also shaved, toasted and recharred barrels. So these are refreshed barrels. So a bit more light and shade to this one. Um, really delicious. We're launching it tomorrow or on Saturday to be... You'll, you'll, you'll be launching it yesterday. Yesterday. <laughs> this is Sunday. That's right. But yeah. um, you can head to... Um, uh, our website and um, source a barrel. It's um, a barrel or a bottle. A bottle. Oh, <laughs> I think we may have had one too yeah. many samples. We've we've had a good look at the whiskey. We have had a good look at the whiskey. So um, 
Yeah, you can you can go to our website and, and uh, purchase a bottle. Um, will, will that be? Um, will there also be uh, major stockists um, who will carry it? In time, in we'll time. we'll have a look at depending on how we you know we we love to serve our customers direct because we can yeah. and and certainly the ones that register on our website get first dibs um, at these limited releases. What are the notes we can um, feel on this uh, this one? Yeah, so um, feel taste taste. I've had too much too. Yep. So um, you know, imagine a an Italian panettone. Because I'm Italian again. Yeah, yeah, I can do that. Dark raisins, yeah. a bit of caramel coming from the oak. Yeah. Uh, you know, toffee. So, so we're talking uber approachable. Totally approachable. Totally. Yeah, and. So um, I just went in Seattle and it's <laughs> a bit more south. Yeah. Yeah. So something something um, that you know we can really uh, celebrate. Great occasions like opening, you know, the opening up of, of Melbourne with uh, I think Dan Andrews did did the first one with with Tawny Number One, which is pretty exciting. God bless him for doing that. And there was also another thing you brought uh, you brought home an Americanism with you, and you were talking and discussing about porch whiskies. Can you maybe elaborate on that? Yeah. So um, I call them like you know uh, you, you're, I'm always trying to find a way of explaining how great Star it is, and mm. particularly twofold. Um, with tonic, mm. I call a porch pounder. Yep. So that's, and in fact, it's probably more porch pounder. Pounder. You yeah. gotta, you gotta. It's a porch pounder. There you go, yeah. Cam. You've done it well. Like you've got to enunciate your R's in the United States. That's right. States. You gotta, yeah. That's why people call Melbourne. Yeah. yeah. So, so we, um, you know, just kind of encouraging people to kind of try twofold with tonic or with cloudy apple or with green tea. And sit on the porch and just enjoy it um, as an afternoon refreshment is um, the way to go. Welcome back to Australia. Congratulations on the brand and also kudos to the people that you've left in charge because they've done a great job and have carried on your vision superbly. And it's it's just good to see you because it's been um, it's been a few footy seasons as we say here in this country. It sure has, mate. And yeah. hopefully not too many more Dave. for the next time. Thank you, David. So now it's time for Duncan Buchanan's Wonderful World of Wine. Oh, oh. oh yeah. Thank you, Tim Thorpe. His, his best ever read. I reckon that's the best read that man's ever done. Duncan Buchanan, a very, very good afternoon to you. Smith, Matt Stedman, listeners, how are we all? No, oh, better for hearing your voice and because oh, shucks. no, really, no, I'm not just saying that because what this means is it's like going around the footy grounds, and uh, boy, it seems like if we're using the footy analogy, it's the it's the fourth quarter, we're kicking against the wind, and uh, and the rain's coming down and it's it's a lot of hard work. It ain't all it's peaches and cream. Yeah, no, it's not. It's um, I don't know if you guys have noticed it all, but it's been a bit humid lately. No have way. You that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We've been, we remarked on it at the uh, the head of the show. We actually we quoted uh, 
um, the great polemic of the uh, of the Triple R airwaves, Bigsy, uh, saying that uh, uh, Melbourne has become a bit like Brisbane and Brisbane has become a bit like Jakarta. So there yeah, you go. I did hear, I did hear you guys saying that's a very 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 good way of putting it, which can be a bit of a nightmare for vineyards, as you can well imagine. But, mm. um, that's a tough way because it's been uh, the season's running a little bit late too. Yeah. Um, so things are things are slowing down a bit, and uh, it's you know, so grapes are going to have to hang on their vines for a little while longer in all this humidity. And there's you know there's a, a, you know chances that things can go wrong from a disease pers- perspective. So we, I mean, I'm I'm lucky. I've, I'm picking a bit today, which is good to get. It's always good to get it off the vine because it's a bit. We're happier once it's in the winery. It's a bit more controlled. What are you but, picking? Um, a bit of Pinot for some sparkling base, Ooh. but I picked a, I picked my own the uh, Pinot from my own Prosimo stuff on for Thursday, and I, I just took a, a punt. I thought, oh, is it a bit early? And I'm glad I took it off because it was in really good shape, and now I don't have to worry about it. You yeah, know? it's in. It's in. It, it's like it's been locked in the safe. Yeah, exactly, and it's, it came in, it came in in really good shape. But I know that there's had a bit of a phone around, and people have put a toe in the water for picking, you know, little bits and pieces of fruit. And it's because, I mean, if you look at the upcoming week, it's you know low twenties and cloudy. This is you know this is you know Melbourne and Peninsula that I've looked at. That's the sort of weather that we're looking at, and things don't ripen that quickly in that sort of weather. You need no. more, you know mid-high 20s and a little bit of sunshine. So I know there's a lot of nervous girls out there. I spoke with um, uh, Marcus Satchel from 33 down in Gippsland. Yep. And he was very much of that sort of the opinion. He's like, yeah, we just just got to hold our nerve, really. We can't sort of – can't go dragging things in. He's taken, taken in a few bits and pieces. And they've had just, higher rainfall yeah. than we've had in the central districts, haven't they? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah definitely. And every, everybody, copped a fair bit of, everybody copped a fair bit of rain over the uh, – Late last week, which you know, if if your crops are in good shape, it's fine. Yeah. You know, there was, it was a welcome drink for some because you know the soils have been very dry. Like it's been, it's weird. It's been humid and moist, but we haven't had a lot of rain. Like the soil has been really, really dry. So that has that was a a nice little top up, but. I know there's a few places around that have had, you know, a little bit of disease starting to creep in. What's so that, that, can you just, just give us an idea for the for the layman? Um, yeah. What sort of diseases do you see when you get um, when you get too much rain? Um, it's one main one called botrytis. Well, botrytis cinerae is the um, the scientific name, and it's a, just a it's a bunch rot disease. So what happens? Your berries can burst either through. That's one thing. If you get too much rain, the berries can swell up and they burst, and you've got this Ooh. lovely sweet juice that oozes all out all over the um, Ooh. all over the grapes, yeah. and you've got this, and it this, mixes this with the tears of the winemaker. Oh, <laughs> 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 it's just a romantic, can't you? Sweet and salty. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. But uh, but they are, but and weeping, so juice, and, and then you just get you get this, and they just they just rot. Now in, mm. in great conditions, you know you, you know that. When they they can um, they can produce some pretty spectacular wines, just the turns and things like that. If they, if they do, if that botrytis is in the right conditions, but yeah. Because the other the, often, the other side of that coin is the um, is the European name of botrytis cinerea, which is noble rot, isn't it? Yeah, no, yeah, yeah exactly. And, and, yeah. We, and we do do a little bit of that here, but typically, nah, it's it's. Generally, a really, really bad thing to happen to your vines. If you get the botrytis all over it, you sort of mm. you can have all sorts of problems with fermentations, and you lose a lot of your crop. And it, it sticks around too. So if you have yeah. bad problems with that this year, you can have bad problems next year. Okay, but, maybe it might be. Maybe you could improve your rieslings with it. 
Oh, geez, you got a lot of teeth for a smart ass. Honestly, mate. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, well, you got to keep these gags going. Yeah, it's, only been, I know, yeah. it's only been going for the last six years or so. <laughs> Sorry, just 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 dust that off your shoulders there, Duncan. Sorry, nah, I couldn't resist, mate. Seriously, I'm, yeah. I'm, the youngest, I'm the youngest of five boys, Smith. Yeah, all that, this stuff you, just runs water off a duck's back, believe and, me. And but that's not the first time you've said that either, yes. We know. No, no. But the, but the, um, the, I was just speaking, I was chatting with uh, Beck the, the other day, the people who own that vineyard that used to make the Riesling from, and they're weeks off as well. Like they're, oh, really? they're yeah. miles away from picking, spoke with Matt Harrop up at Hurley, uh, up at, um, Curly Flat. Same deal. It's just because it's, it's a bit colder this year. I mean, it's been, we had a lovely summer. Mm. But overall, it has been a little bit colder. So people are just, they're just sort of holding their nerves. Little bits and pieces have been coming in. And I must admit, the, the quality's been great. Oh, has but it? People okay. are, yeah, people are just holding their nerves. But there has been this weird thing, and this is, I don't know how this how this has happened. I've never seen it in, in such uh, stark conditions, I suppose. Like, you'd be walking down a row in a vineyard, mm. One vine will be loaded up. We'll have truckloads of fruit all over it. Oh yeah, yeah, you were saying. And the next, and the next, and the next vine will have nothing. That's weird. And and it's weird. It makes your picking decisions really, really difficult because, as you can imagine, the one with heaps of fruit on it, Mm. that fruit's not going to be all that ripe because it's you know, it's got the same engine being the leaves of that vine that's trying to ripen it. So that's going to ripen slowly. And you've got the vine next door that's only got a couple of bunches of it with the same size engine. Oh, right. So that's so that's ripening really quickly. You run this danger of having very, or uh, potentially quite sweet and sour wines. Yeah, but yeah, I, yeah. different bome. Each one's got a different bome to it. Different bome, different flavour development, different acids, different everything. Yeah. So you've got you've got all this stuff, and that's you know. And that's, and, that, and that's so different from um, what um, I learned the term a few years ago, uh, hen and chicken. I think it is where that's on, but that's on the same um, on the same plant, isn't it? Where you have yeah. some bunches oh, have bunch. grown, yeah, on the plant bunch. Yeah, yeah. So you'll have you'll have one bunch will have tiny berries and big berries, but that's mm. that randomness is somewhat uniform across that vine. Yeah. And that sounds like a bit of a contradiction, but that's exactly what it is. You get, you, mm. There is some sort of uniformity uniformity over the vine, but this is just weird across the entire vineyard. So, yeah, I know I just, the stuff that I took in for myself on Thursday, I sorted fairly. I ran that across the sorting table and picked out all the unripe berries that I didn't like before mm. they went into the into the fermenter and had it fairly uniform. But, you know, there might might come to a point where you know, everybody's just got to pick them all at the same time. And when it's peak hour like that in wineries, you don't have the luxury of being able to sort your fruit. you just got to get it through. And there's and also you, know, the other... you were saying that there's, uh, there's less stuff. Listen, we've got about uh, two minutes and I just want to uh, – focus a little bit um the wine industry is quite parochial actually the wine drinker we could say in australia is quite parochial that we can be uh, we drink mornington yarra valley you know shiraz is from heathcote yada 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 um yep. Re- rieslings we we search out because we love it so much um <laughs> the uh, but but i just um from we don't but i guess my point is we don't drink a lot of hunter valley wine um how is the the north being affected new south wales any have you got any word of what's happening? No, I tried, I tried to hunt up a bit. That they, yeah. they would have been they would have been done by now. They're one of the earliest regions oh, in Australia yes. to go through. So, yes. but that, they they would have escaped this latest deluge. But Thank it was wet right the way through. It's, very, it's a very humid region, regardless. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how they fared. I tried to find something. I'll do a bit more work. We'll probably have a chat later on. Later on, say the other side of vintage. I, I think maybe we might have another chat next week because um, I think if we're going to uh, describe this, the vintage is pretty much on a knife edge. We'll yeah, see how it goes, and uh, we look forward to maybe getting a, another report from you next week, buddy. 
Yeah, done and done. Sounds good. Thank you, Duncan. Lovely Cheers, to hear boys. your voice. Well, lovely to hear yours. Ciao. Bye. <sighs> Indigenuity will be uh, coming on. Well, we hope. Uh, Crystal yeah, no, hasn't made an appearance yet. Uh, HL2, I think, oh, will we'll fix we that. We should get out of here then, yeah, shouldn't we? Yeah, we go. Let's, uh, let's fire it up. Hey, thanks, everyone. Uh, enjoy the afternoon. Matt, lovely to see you. Likewise. Uh, we'll have Kent in next week, and uh, we look forward to having you on too. See you. Bye. Hi, this is Cam Smith, and you've been listening to the podcast of Triple R's Eat It, a weekly radio show about food and drink, broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia, every Sunday. Hope you enjoyed the podcast, and feel free to get in touch with us via the Triple R website.